0: I said, welcome everyone, this is Kate's commentary on gospel topics. This is solely my opinion on the teachings on the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And it's not sponsored by the church. So, hope you like it. So, we'll be reading 1st Nephi, chapter 1. And um, in this podcast, I have me and one other person, if you want to introduce yourself.
1: Hello, I'm Julianne, I'm Kaden's friend, and I'm
0: happy to be here. Okay. Nice. So we'll start with the chapter heading of chapter 1 in First Nephi. Nephi begins the record of his people. Lehi sees in vision a pillar of fire and reads from a book of prophecy. He praises God, foretells the coming of the Messiah, and prophesies the destruction of Jerusalem. He is persecuted by the Jews, about 100 B.C. It says, I, Nephi, having been born of goodly parents, therefore I was taught somewhat in all learning of my Father, and having seen many afflictions in the course of my days, nevertheless having been highly favored of the Lord in all my days, yea, having had a great knowledge of the goodness and the mysteries of God, therefore I make a record of my proceedings in my days. Yea, I make a record in the language of my father, which consists of the learning of the Jews, and the language of the Egyptians. And I know that the record which I make is true, and I make it with mine own hand, and I make it according to my knowledge. For it came to pass in the commencement of the first year of the reign of Zedekiah, king of Judah, my father Lehi, having dwelt at Jerusalem in all his days, in that same year there came many prophets prophesying unto the people that they must repent, or the great city Jerusalem must be destroyed. So said, Wherefore it came to pass that my father Lehi, as he went forth, prayed unto the Lord, yea, even with all his heart, in behalf of his people, and it came to pass as he prayed unto the Lord, there came a pillar of fire, and dwelt upon a rock before him, and he saw and heard much, and because of the things which he saw and heard he did quake and tremble exceedingly then it came to pass that he returned to his own house at Jerusalem and he cast himself upon his bed being overcome with the spirit and the things which he had seen and being thus overcome with the spirit he was carried away in a vision even that he saw the heavens open and he thought he saw God sitting upon his throne surrounded with numberless concourses of angels in the attitude of singing and praising their God. And it came to pass that he saw one descending out of the mists of heaven, and he beheld that this luster was above that of the sun at noonday. And he also saw twelve others following him, and their brightness did exceed that of the stars in the firmament. And they came down and went forth upon the face of the earth, and the first came and stood before my Father and gave unto him a book, and bade him that he should read. And it came to pass that as he read he was filled with the Spirit of the Lord. And he read, saying, Woe, well, woe well unto Jerusalem, for I have seen thine abominations. Yea, many things did my father read concerning Jerusalem that it should be destroyed, and in the inhabitants thereof many should perish by the sword, and many should be carried away captive into Babylon. And it came to pass that when my father had read and seen many great and marvelous things, he did exclaim many things unto the Lord, such as, Great and marvelous are thy works, O Lord God Almighty. Thy throne is high in the heavens, and thy power and goodness and mercy over all the inhabitants of the earth. And because thou art merciful, thou dost not sever those who come unto thee, that they shall perish. And after this manner was the language of my father in the praising of his God, for his soul did rejoice. And his whole heart was filled because of the things which he had seen, yea, which the Lord had shown unto him. And now I, Nephi, did not make a full account of the things which my father hath written, for he hath written many things which he saw in visions and in dreams. And he also hath written many things which he prophesied and spake unto his children, of which I shall not make a full account. He said, But I shall make an account of my proceedings in my days, Behold, I make an abridgment of the record of my Father upon plates which I have made with mine own hands. Or for after I have abridged the record of my Father, then will I make an account of mine own life. Therefore, I would that ye should know that after the Lord had shown so many marvelous things unto my Father, Lehi, yea, concerning the destruction of Jerusalem, behold, he went forth among the people and began to prophesy and to declare unto them, concerning the things which he had both seen and heard. And it came to pass that the Jews did mock him because of the things which he testified of them. For he truly testified of their wickedness and their abominations, and he testified that the things which he saw and heard, and also the things which he read in the book, manifested plainly of the coming of Messiah, and also the redemption of the world. And when the Jews heard these things, they were angry with him, yea, even as with the prophets of old whom they had cast out and stoned and slain, and they also sought his life, that they might take away. But behold, I, Nephi, will show unto you that the tender mercies of the Lord over all those whom he hath chosen because of their faith to make them mighty, even unto the power of deliverance. So is there any scriptures that said that to you?
1: Um, I like verse 5. Um. And so verse 5 says, Wherefore it came to pass that my father Lehi, as he went forth, prayed unto the Lord, yea, even with all his heart in behalf of his people. And I like that last part where Nephi says that his dad used all his heart. He prayed with all his heart on behalf of his people. And I think there's two things that I liked about that verse. One is that the Lord likes effort. And so Lehi, like he wanted something he didn't just... Say, Lord, this would be nice if this happened. I would appreciate this. But he actually tried, and he used a lot of effort. He prayed with his whole heart, and he put a lot of energy in that. And what we've heard from President Nelson um, and what we've heard from our prophets is that the Lord loves effort, and we'll see the greatest blessings when we put in the greatest effort. And then the other thing I got from that is that Lehi was a pretty great prophet, like a good example of what prophets are and what they do is they serve god's children and they they work and do their best for god's children so here lehi wasn't praying fervently for himself he was praying fervently for his people and for his brothers and his sisters and i think that's a stunning characteristic of a prophet and what a prophet does is they're always seeking our welfare our behalf and seeing how they can um what blessings they can secure for us, and I love that because you don't see that in a lot of leaders we have today. I feel like a lot of world leaders are um, self-indulgent and they do a lot of things for their own good, but our prophets do things for for us, and I think that's pretty good. It it makes me happy knowing that we have a prophet who is always looking out for me and praying fervently for me.
0: Yes, and I like that too because he. He prayed with all his heart, but also our Heavenly Father has us in his heart all the time. Everyone. That's a lot of people to think about and stuff. So I was like, I like each of the verses because I have this book called the Book of Mormon Made Easier. And one thing that I saw in here, it says, it does say, We learned many things about Nephi from verse 1 above. First, he appreciative of righteous parents. Second, he emphasizes the positives in his life after mentioning that he has seen many afflictions in his days. He immediately tells us that he has been highly favored of the Lord in all his days. Yep, so it's like... I like that because he was thankful for his parents and stuff even though he went through later on with Laman and Lemuel. He still thanked them. Because a lot, I bet a lot of his trials came from Laman and Lemuel and stuff. So is there any, let's go verse by verse. So is there anything that you like about verse 2? Verse
1: 2. Um, so I just, I already have this marked, but he says that, well Nephi says that he learned the language of the Jews and the language of the Egyptians. And I marked that because a lot of questions that... I feel like I get asked, um, and even as a missionary, I served as a missionary in Toronto, Canada, and a lot of times people were confused what language the Book of Mormon was written in. And so Nephi, he grew up in Jerusalem, so he knows Egyptian, he knows Hebrew, and when him and his family came to the Americas, they brought that language with them. And over time, like, the language got, got mixed and jumbled, as all languages do, as cultures develop. Um, so I... I think this, that verse is just a good reminder that this um, that this book is written in reformed Hebrew, reformed Egyptian over time, and that everything kind of comes back to
0: Jerusalem. I get I like that where it says I make a record in the language of my father. So he did the so in a sense his father taught him all that he he knew too. Yeah, he wanted to learn everything.
1: Yeah, I think Lehi wanted to, like, any good parent, like, Lehi wanted to instill his culture, like, in his children. And especially if they're not going to be in Jerusalem, like, for, like, the rest of their lives, I would want to pass
0: on my culture to my children as well. And then it continues in verse 3. After he bears the record, he says that he's true, he's sharing his testimony like Ralph. Like right off the bat at the beginning of the Book of Mormon, which is showing, showing me that he loves the scriptures. Not just saying it at the end; he was doing it at the very beginning and doing it continually throughout the first Nephi and second Nephi. so, very so yeah. verse four. um, the part
1: where it talks about Zedekiah, the king of Judah, and I feel like there's a lot of names in here that people kind of get, I don't know, they see a new name they haven't seen before, and they're like, oh my goodness, um, but I did have something about King Zedekiah, um... Yeah, so I have this app, and it says, Lehi and his family apparently fled from Jerusalem in the first year of the reign of Zedekiah, king of Judah. According to the Bible, Zedekiah was 21 years old when he was made king over the kingdom of Judah by Nebuchadnezzar. And, however, the exact date of Zedekiah's ascension to the throne is not mentioned in the Bible, although nearly all the scholars agree that it must have been within a few years of 600 BC. So... That's,
0: I guess, a history lesson on Zedekiah and a little bit back of background about him. So, like, in my book, Mormon Made Easier, it did talk about that same year that came many prophets, and it's saying that the other prophets that were there during that time was Jeremiah, Nahum, Habakkuk, and Zephaniah. So, it was like... You could see how in this Book of Mormon the teachings and then you can go back to their books and see what their teachings and are and correspond with one another.
1: Right.
0: And you said we talked about five. Well about six. Alright. Verse six. I don't have
1: anything marked in verse six. If the Did you find anything in 6, 7, or 8 that you liked? Uh, Oh, I do. I do think it's funny, though, because verse 6 starts with, and it came to pass. And, like, how many times is that phrase in the Book of Mormon? Like, we always have... Yeah, we always have... Like, Mark Twain, I think, said that if you take out the phrase, and it came to pass, the Book of Mormon would be just a pamphlet. Um... But there was one apostle, I, maybe it was Hugh Nibley, I don't remember. It was like an older apostle from a couple hundred years ago. And he was saying that, you know, if you take out the and it came to pass and the butts and the therefores, it just shows like the progression of the Book of Mormon and how it's a story and how it um, it builds over time. And you don't really see that in a
0: lot of other books. So it's
1: funny, we hear that all the time in the scriptures.
0: And verse seven I like the part where he says and he cast himself upon his bed so like you could say one way of casting yourself is praying and stuff is like doesn't necess we don't know how they prayed like kneeling or doing whatever, but so that I'm guessing that he after learning all those things he wan I guess he pondered on the things that he learned in that vision.
1: Yeah, it says he was overcome with the spirit, or... Yeah. Um, it says that two times. It says that in verse 7 and verse 8. And a lot of times, like, spiritual experiences can be quite gentle and subtle. But other times, you have, like, a really exhausting, physically exhausting spiritual experiences. And it fits Nephi, I mean, Lehi, to have an experience like this. Like, if he's praying fervently with all of his energy, he's probably going to get a pretty incredible spiritual experience. So, I I think that's also a cool... Um, or I guess that's a, a good thing to point out, or something cool to point out about prophets, is that they have crazy, insane spiritual experiences. And, like, thinking of President Nelson and, like, what he's gone through and the, the revelations that he's had and stuff like that, I think.
0: Yeah. I think that's pretty cool. Yes, he has received a lot of revelations since he's become the president of the, the church. Oh, yeah. Stuff. Yeah. And going on log with that you said he was always praying fervently goes back to verse five where it says that he was doing it with all his heart too. So it's just that he to me that he was doing it. And then verse nine.
1: So, where it says, And it came to pass that he saw one descending out of the midst of heaven. That one is, is our Savior. That's Jesus Christ. So, Jesus Christ came down and, and saw, and well, visited uh, Lehi.
0: I like the part that says that his luster was above that of the sun at noonday. It's pretty bright. It's pretty bright. Because the sun is pretty bright when it's at noon. But it's like... His luster, his brightness, his, you could say his countenance. Right, right. Word, was really, really bright. Because sometimes when I was out on my mission, I tried to see other people's countenances through my eyes. It's like, obviously, I can't see their yeah. brightness, but it's like.
1: That's cool, Kaden. I think it's hard to see people in that lighter to see their countenances because we see what like the world sees because we're, we're we're fallen and we see what um the world sees like I was saying so I think it's cool to look at people like that to see others how Christ and God sees them um so I didn't have anything in verse 10 or 11 that really stuck out to me what about you
0: no, not really anything.
1: Alright. Anything in the next couple of verses?
0: Um, so like in verse 13 at the very beginning, For I have seen thine abominations. So I was like, I'm guessing that in, this just came in his, in that vision that he saw. He saw mm-hmm. those abominations that they were performing, I'm guessing. It's like, he doesn't yeah. say that he did, but I'm guessing... He saw, like, what they were doing, but obviously I think he would see since he was going out and preaching to everybody.
1: Yeah, he would see the worst of it. Okay. Okay. So, in verse 14, I have, um... I highlighted, Thy throne is high in the heavens, and Thy power and goodness and mercy are over all the inhabitants of the earth. And because Thou art merciful, Thou wilt not suffer those who come unto Thee that they shall perish. And I, I love the, I, the part that stuck out to me in this verse is, um, is where the Lord says all the inhabitants of the earth, and that's like a lot of people. That's not just all the inhabitants of the earth, like at that time. That's Everyone who has ever lived on the earth, and that is so many people, but it reminds me of the, the parable of the good shepherd, and how Jesus Christ loves all of us, and he accounts for all of us, and he's not going to um, let one person go unaccounted for, which is just crazy to me. It just blows my mind, like how they can comprehend all those people that have ever lived and will ever live on the earth. Um, I, to me, that's uh, that's a pretty stunning example of Christ's love for us and our Heavenly Father's love for us. Like they don't, they they will account for everyone and they will make sure all of us are I guess that's the same thing. But yeah, they will account for everyone.
0: I think that's cool. So he saw trillions and trillions of people.
1: I know, I know. That is so many.
0: Because if you think about it, how many people do you... We have 7.6, I think, or 3 billion on this earth. And how many people have passed since the coming... Since Adam and Eve down to here? So there's a lot of people that are either in heaven right now, or in the spirit world right now. So that...
1: So many people.
0: And he knows every single one of us.
1: He knows every
0: single one of us. And in 15... I like the part it said, For his soul did rejoice, and his whole heart was filled of things which had seen ye which the Lord had shun unto him. Mm-hmm. Not only was he praying with all his heart, he was filled with his heart from all the things that he learned, he 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 from saying that I feel like he started living what he was learning in a sense. Mm-hmm. Like we learn stuff but we don't always apply it. In, right. In our life. Right that. I feel like Lehi
1: felt a sense of maybe accomplishment or relief that um, he had put in the faith and he received a great reward. And there are times where we don't put, I mean, there are times where we put in a lot of faith and we don't get a vision like Lehi did. But I think he was rejoicing much because the Lord had visited him and um, like confirmed his his faith and had um, reassured him. So I... Yeah, so Lehi had received this great vision, and I would have been rejoiced. Like, if I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about, like, all the things that I'm praying about, um, fervently about, and if if I were to receive an answer, I would be so relieved. I'd be rejoiced. I'd be so happy that God was able to answer me. Okay, nice. And verse
0: 16. As I was reading that, I was just reading it over, it said, For he hath written many things which he saw in visions and in dreams. It's like, what would be the difference? It's like, um, I think to me, the difference, I don't know, that would be hard. Like, dreams, maybe when you're asleep, you're just having dreams of stuff and then visions are like, how Joseph Smith had that vision with The first vision and then all the visions when he was in the Kirtland temple with Elijah, Moses, and all those other people, and Jesus Christ while he was in that temple. So I feel like the difference with the vision is like you actually are awake with dreams and think you're having the dreams while you're doing it. Your thoughts on that one?
1: On sixteen, but um, if if you're done, we can go on to seventeen. Yeah. Okay. Um, halfway, like in the middle of the verse, Nephi says, "Behold, I make an abridgment of the record of my father upon plates which I have made with mine own hands," and that's just crazy to me that these people were writing on. Metal plates, gold metal plates, and they were etching into them. And that just is so crazy to me. Like, if I were to do all my assignments like that, I wouldn't be doing any of my assignments because I just, that would take such a long time. But Here, like, we know that Lehi had written his own set of records. Like, he kept his own record, but um, those records were lost later when Joseph Smith was translating the Book of Mormon. And so the Lord has a a purpose. He has—he can see everything that we can. not So Lehi is abridging the record of his father. So he had— so here, Nephi is taking what his father had told him and what his father had written in his own record and abridging it and kind of condensing
0: it. Yeah, and going along with that, you also have to think about they were writing it on plates, like Back. metal plates. So it was like, that probably took a while for them to write all that stuff down. And in a lot of the records, they had to, they said the stuff. And then this later on into the chair of Mormon in First Nephi nine or six talked about how he was commanded like twenty years in the in the future, so I had to remember all that stuff.
1: Yeah, that's a lot.
0: So yeah, because there was a hundred and twenty pages lost, I think, from what Martin Harris lost. Um, it would have been cool to be able to know what that stuff said. Yeah. Uh, yeah. From reading these I mean, chapters. A lot of it,
1: a lot of it is um, like what Nephi is telling us here. But it would have been cool to hear it from like Lehi's own words.
0: But in a sense, right. we still have his testimony when it comes to like some of the chapters in First Nephi. Right. Yeah. Very true. Verse eighteen.
1: Uh, no, nothing really stood out to me in verse eighteen. And then
0: nineteen.
1: Um, nineteen. I it says in a kingdom past. But the Jews did mock him because of the things which he testified of, for he truly testified of their wickedness and their abominations. And he testified that the things which he saw and heard, and also the things which he read in the book, manifested plainly of the coming of a Messiah and also the redemption of the world. And that is, um, so that, that's Lehi, we're talking about Lehi. So Lehi was mocked when he went in. Um, that's just like, prophets are not popular. Um, because they say things according to God and not according to the world. So it's no surprise that people mocked him, but it's kind of sad. Um, and I've noticed many times in like 1st Nephi and 2nd Nephi, that the word plainly or plain or plainness is used a lot, like quite often. Because the Lord loves plain things. And the gospel, we overcomplicate it, but it's really plain and simple. And so Lehi was, it's just a plain and simple truth. Like he was just, it was written plainly and... In the Bible and the records that he had, that a Messiah would come to the people. And that's just what, a plain truth that we tend to oversimplify and overthink. So I love that the word plainly was put there
0: in that verse. Like when it comes to the parables, a lot of people think that they're super confusing in some ways. But yeah. if you think about it, they're not. There's a simple meaning, and then there could be a dimper, a deeper meaning to each of them. Because yeah. they all have. Because he taught in parables. That's one thing that he always did to help people better understand his gospel and stuff. Yeah, yeah.
1: In verse 20. Um, I love how Nephi ends this verse by saying that I will show unto you the tender mercies of the Lord. Are over all those whom He hath chosen, because of their faith, to make them mighty even unto the power of deliverance. I just I love how Nephi ends that because it really sets up the rest of the book and not just like the Book of Nephi, but the Book of Mormon. He's like, here I'm going to show you, like I will prove to you that the Lord is not some. Some omnipotent God who sits there and like curses us, but He loves us, and he, there's tender mercies around us everywhere. That proves there's a God, and proves that He loves us. And I will show you in this book. So, I love, I love how He ends that verse.
0: Yeah, and the end part where it said "Lord over all those whom He hath chosen." I thought of the part where it says, "Many are called, but few are chosen." Yeah. In a way, it's like. Hey, but all of his tender mercies are over everyone, not just those set people and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Because it's I mean, because said, of their faith.
1: Right, right. I think, like like you said, like God gives tender mercies to everyone and not just those who are prophets or not just those who are priests or, or who good or something like that. Like, um, We have to go out of our way to find those tender mercies, and we have to... Um, look for those every day, because God gives them
0: to us. Yes, there's a good talk that was by David A. Bednar a while back that talked about the tender mercies of the Lord. hmm And I invite anyone to go and listen to that talk. But is there any other comments that you have on this chapter?
1: Um, I do not. I... I think Nephi does a really good job setting this up, and this is, like, Nephi's writing this 30 years after his family left Jerusalem. It's about 600 BC. I'm a I'm kind of person that likes to have a timeline. It makes it easier for me to understand, like, the scriptures and where everything falls in. Um, so I have, like, time stamps and, like, date stamps at the beginning of, like, all these books, but... Yeah, 30 years after Jerusalem, and Nephi's looking back at his life and everything that he's gone through and what his father's doing, and I think it's just pretty cool that we're able to have this
0: perspective and this record of a family. It's pretty cool. So is there any questions that you want other people to think about on this chapter? That you want to um,
1: wow, Kaden, you should have given that to me at the beginning of this. Yeah, I
0: could have I been thinking about
1: there. it i been thinking about it. Any questions? Um, questions, questions. Maybe just like what tender mercies you can find in your life this week. See how how the Lord is accounting for you and how he's looking out for you.
0: The question that came for me is like when we were talking about verse 5. It's How can we better pray more fervently with all of our heart? Or how can we better fill our soul? With those, I like, like you our, said, those tender mercies. That's a good question. Like you said in verse 15, his whole heart was filled and he was happy on that. He one. rejoiced. Yep. So I want to thank Julianne for joining me on this. And Thanks, I hope everyone liked this podcast. I also want to invite you to follow me on my Instagram account, which is at kade, kade, com, C-O-M-M, Gospel Topics. Feel free to share your comments on this post or on this podcast, and I hope you really enjoyed it. Thank you very much. Awesome. I want to leave that with Thank you. you. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen.